This broadcast is brought to you by Integrity Staffing Solutions. At Integrity, we're passionate about connecting great talent with great companies across North America. For more information on how our custom, flexible workforce solutions can help solve your biggest challenges, visit us online at integritystaffing.com. We're now listening to HR Liftoff in three, Hello, friends. Welcome back. Uh, today, we welcome Catherine Matiski to HR Liftoff. So this is going to take me a minute because, because Catherine, you are very well accomplished. I will say this. And she is joining us from Australia. And she is our first guest from Australia. So please welcome. And I am going to go through this. But I honestly was a little bit jealous as I was reading it. So you were referred to as the maestro of changing behavior, globally recognized training expert, inventor of globally acclaimed instructional design process, ID9 intelligent design. And this is, I'm going to have you explain this because it was a lot. And I was like, I, I'm going to understand this. Uh, Research-based system, dynamic power results for over 5 million participants in global brands. So then she helped boil it down for me where it was in her most recent venture using 25 years of her intelligence in the industry, she has brought it down to practical everyday tools for people like me. So key words here is unlocking your inner genius. So and it is also the topic of her latest book, Unlock Inner Genius, Power Your Path to Extraordinary Success. So that's why I prefaced it with, don't feel bad if you're listening now, because wait till you hear her talk about it. Uh, but those are amazing accomplishments. So I feel jealous, like I said already, but I was like, where do I start? Because I want to unlock, unlock my inner genius. So how about we start there? So what does that mean? How did you get there? Well, thanks for having me on, on your podcast. I got there because I've done one thing for 30 years, and that's learning and development and being a trainer in corporate um, organisations across the world. So when you do one thing for 30 years, you actually get quite good at it. So I can't do a lot of things, but that's what I can do. So <laughs> that's been my journey for the last 30 years. And, and someone said to me recently, you know, you're really deep into corporate, and I am, you know, big organisations, 40,000 people up to organisations with 2 million people. And they said, what about everybody else? And I went, well, you know, ID9 intelligent design is really targeted for that big corporate learning and development group, whether that's run out of um, a particular business unit or whether that's run out of HR or whether that's run out of, you know, it, their own unit. And I said, I'm not sure if that's possible. And they said, well, you better think about that. So that was my challenge. And then I thought, okay, how do I unwrap everything that I've done in learning science and putting together ID9 intelligent design, which is this end-to-end -end development for a, a learning program in an organisation and say, how do I give that to a salesperson? How do I give that to an associate? How do I give that to a leader with a team? How do I give that to a parent? How do I give that to a sports coach? How do I give that to a teenager who's about to go into college? How do I do that? And I didn't have the answer. And so that's what then sent me back 
into everything that I'd done to repackage it in such a way that it was available for the everyone market. And that's what happened with InnoGenius and that's what's come out of it. So I think of, you say, corporate training and development. And I don't know the reaction you usually get from folks when you say, oh, corporate training and development. And I will say from our own experience, we've gone through a gauntlet of different ideas on how to do this, mm -hmm. where it's, you know, and especially, and I think about, you know, how people learn and different ages and how people are, you know, absorb information differently. But a lot of companies, I think now are like, okay, well, you can do online training because that's easy and that's flexible and you can do this, but it's also not necessarily engaging, you know, and it's, what are you going to retain? It might be part of it, but uh, I think companies, as weird as this sounds, and please correct me if I'm wrong, are still thinking as we get to a little bit post-pandemic slightly, you know, is training and development one of those fields where because work is changing, because it's becoming more remote or at home, is training and development changing with the times? Well, I think in some organisations it is, but in the large part, it's probably not. And so what's happening now is that for those people that have not moved with the times in other words if you're doing the same thing as you did five years ago or ten years ago in corporate learning and development then you're behind um, so if if that shift hasn't changed then it's in all likelihood is you have a very low value proposition in the organization where and what I mean by that is people go oh it's a training course oh yeah we'll show up and do it check the box right yeah so so I'm very opinioned, but my opinions come from fact. So I'm not just on a soapbox, you know, sprouting opinion. The bottom line is when you look at organisations like ATD, for example, you know, they publish in their reports something called scrap training. There's a, there's a metric that L&D has around scrap training. So what's scrap training? Scrap training is training that didn't work. So hang on a second, what is, what's that even doing in metrics? Why is it okay to say, oh, that didn't work? Oh, too bad, so sad, not my problem. Well, too bad, so sad, not my problem. Yes, it is, because someone has paid for that training, someone showed up, they've wasted their time, they would have been better off going shopping for the day than sitting in your training course wasting their time not getting anything out of it send them shopping you know like they'll have a much better time <laughs> go and have lunch you know have a glass of wine do whatever you want you have a much better time and be way more motivated after a day off than sitting through that training course that had no result so my my tag of training doesn't work is very controversial and i pre uh, and i continue that statement with training doesn't work comma, learning does. When you change that focus to, as you said, what are people retaining and what are they getting out of it and what are they applying back on the job, now we've got a value proposition. So I talk to global leaders about this and they go, oh, this is really hard, Catherine, and whatever. It's like, no, it's not. I'm Australian. Like, come on, get on with it. Of course you can do this. Look at, look at your curriculum and say, firstly what's working and what's not okay slice off the bits that's not it's just like a sales product line in an organization you know big organizations say what products aren't working like, let's not sell them anymore 
But somehow there's this emotional connection to, oh, we developed that sales course or, oh, we developed that leadership course and Sally and Polly and Max and Jeff, they all did such a great job on it. Well, who cares? It's not working. So just do something different. You know, I'm very, I'm very you know, pragmatic about it. Because if it's not working, do something different. So that's in, in the learning and development space. That is around the value proposition of that particular group of people. And people say to me, how do I know what my value proposition is? Well, next time it comes to layoffs, let, next time it comes to budget cuts, next time it comes to restructures, let's what have, have a look what happened to your group. Because those people in groups with very high value propositions to the organisation that are highly valued never get touched. And yet if the perception of value, and that's the key word, the perception, it may not be the true value, but if the perception of value by leadership is that this is not of value to the organisation, it'll be cut, moved, downgraded, whatever. That's your value proposition. So when you... Put training together or learning, as I should say, how important is it to go to the actual end users? And I ask because of this, and we, we do employ a lot of folks uh, and I talk to a lot of clients and I usually ask, what's their value proposition? Just overall, why would they take this job over some, another job? You know, other than pay rate, location, you know, um, what would it be? Uh, and a lot of times I hear, well, you know, it's the job for us. You know, I think, you know, we do a good job here, but there's, there might not have been a lot of items pulled out per se to be like, oh, it's flexible. It's this, it's that. And then it's, well, have you talked to your associates? Have you talked to the folks that work for you? Like, do you, and we, you'll always get a yes. You probably know this. Yes. It's always a yes. I'm like, no, not when you saw them like walking to the lounge. Like, did you actually like sit down, understand what they're trying to tell you? Because usually what I've found is folks are very honest. You know, they're just waiting for somebody to ask. Uh, and I think that reminds me very much of kind of what you're talking about. Because if somebody told me at a new job that I was gonna sit in front of a computer for six to eight hours just to go through a PowerPoint, I probably wouldn't be as excited. And I would think, you know, usually folks put a lot of attention on, well, how do you rate your onboarding? And that's a part of it. Um, so I could ask this question in an even longer fashion, but then unfortunately you'd have to be here for another 20 minutes. So to be more concise, <laughs> how important is it to talk to the end user of the training while you're still developing it to make sure that they're learning? It's the first task because in order to establish what the outcome needs to be, you need to know where people are at right now. So you need to find out where they are and where they need to go, and then you can establish the gap. Now, that sounds very simple, but when mm -hmm. we look at, especially in large systems training, like let's say a new system comes into an organisation, or let's say even onboarding, it's a classic, there's this very much one-size-fits-all mentality especially in onboarding programs, we say, okay, this is the onboarding program, regardless of who shows up. So it could be a senior leader with 30 years of experience who's in the same onboarding group or the same onboarding curriculum as someone who's 20 years old and it's their first job. So the disparity of that is they're showing up at different levels. So, and they also have different places that they need to be. So why are we giving them 
this one size fits all approach because basically one size will fit none. So when we look at say, okay, what are the pieces that everybody needs? When you actually look at that, say in an onboarding course, it's a good example. There's a, there are some core pieces that everyone needs. And then you say, what's different? So then when you talk to people and say, where are you at now? And where do you want to go? Then the gap becomes obvious. And for some people, that'll be like a crack in the pavement that's easy to step over. And for other people, it will be like the Grand Canyon. So then we need to do different things. So if you imagine on an onboarding program, right back at the beginning of the design of that, and everything hinges on great learning design. When you look at the learning design of that, when you say, okay, I'm going to design a program, I'm not just designing it out of my own head. I'm designing it from facts that have come from people that will go through the program or have been through the program, and then you can establish that real personalised learning for them. Now, it may be personalised or not, but it may be just a number of pathways that they can take depending on how they're showing up and then what happens is that engagement they feel like it's written for them instead of being lumped into one big group taking through as you said the six hours online and you're sitting there and going oh this is like you know kill me now because I'd, I'd rather be doing anything than be here and I'm going to turn my camera off because nobody cares anyway and this person's just droning through PowerPoint and I'm off doing whatever I'm doing you know all I'm doing is adult babysitting basically in that situation so there's no real learning going on in that so it really is around turning that upside down and having the courage to do that to say you know what let's let's really change this because our training department is probably really bored with doing that like as a trainer I don't want to sit there for six hours and go through a powerpoint right. I don't want no. to I know that I'm putting these people through the ringer so why would I want to do that to human beings and I don't want to be there either so collectively no one wants to be there and then people say oh we'll make it into e-learning that'll be better no that just means there's no human on the other end and, but the, the drudgery becomes worse. So let's just forget all that. You know, it's, it, it's, a, it's a whole new world now. So let's just do things that people need and not do things that they don't. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of HR Liftoff. Go ahead and use this time to do that one quick thing you've been putting off. Got it? Now back to the show. So I want to take a step back and towards the beginning, and you had said somebody had asked you, well, how do you do it for everyone else? So we've covered kind of some corporate areas, but question of how, what tools do people need? Like, what are we overlooking kind of in order to be this inner genius, you know, successful, even on a daily basis? Mm. And I'll, I'll use myself usually as an example. Sometimes as I get older, I feel like less of an adult. Where I'm like, okay, I'm like, did I do all this today? Like, you know, and I have 47 checklists and yes, there's digital, but I'm a fan of, you know, old school writing it down and let's ask questions. But um, what are, what are some better ways to do that? I think the first realization is that if people know how they learn, which is how they take in information from the world and that that is potentially different to everybody around them, their colleagues, their boss, 
their family, their friends, that we all have this unique way of taking information into our brains. We all have the same five senses. That's how it gets in there. But then what happens inside is really unique to us. And if you can kind of decode that, and that's what I've done with Unlocking a Genius, that's step one, finding out how you learn, because that's the first step. Now, what that does is it firstly says, oh, that's interesting. That, that's great. I'm, and I've created 12 archetypes for this to sort of put this into, into a, an everyday accessible a language. And so my archetype would be potentially different to yours. And it is because I can tell that, right? Because I've done this for a long time. So I know that. You know, <laughs> know. I'm we, so interested now. Like, we've known each other for 20 minutes, right? But I already know. <laughs> So, I, you know, you can, you can do the profile or not. I can tell you what it is. But anyway, so you find out firstly what your own archetype is and then you go, oh, okay, that's really interesting. And then you read the report and you go, wow, yeah, I do do that and I do use these words in my language. And then comes the realisation of, oh, the person that I work with is different and they're different and they're different. And so this realisation is like realising that you speak a different language to everybody else. So imagine that I speak Spanish and you speak French, okay? Just imagine that that's mm -hmm. our natural language. So I'm out there speaking Spanish the whole day and you're there speaking French going, okay, I think there's a couple of words in that that she used that I know, you know, like, you know, what, and I'm trying to piece it together. And I just keep speaking Spanish and you keep listening in French and you're going, whatever. And then you start talking to me in French and I go, oh, okay, I'm getting a few words. Yep, she said the word baguette. Yeah, I know what that is. That's bread, right? So, so we're speaking these different languages and we just continue to go along, go along. But imagine if you could actually spot and say, oh, I speak French, but Catherine is speaking Spanish. Okay, I'll speak to her in Spanish. And then you can instantly speak to me in my language. And then imagine if you're working with someone else, we'll call them Sally, and Sally speaks Portuguese. You could speak French to Sally all day, but you're better than that. You can now go, ah, she's speaking Portuguese. I'll speak Portuguese to her. So to me, you speak Spanish. To Sally, you speak Portuguese. To somebody else, you speak German. To somebody else, you speak Swiss German because that's a variant of German. And you can be translating like magic. You know, anyone who comes to you or anyone that you're writing to, you write to me, you write in Spanish. You write to Sally, you write in Portuguese. You write to Max, you write in German. And so it's a different language. That's exactly the same as speaking to someone in their archetype, not yours. So before you press send on an email, you go, who am I writing to? Ah, oh, I'm writing to Catherine. Okay, I'm just going to change a little bit of this language because I know that I can hook Catherine in to that message better if I use these words. And I give you the words, right? I give you the words to say, right, these are the things to add in. I read that email on the other side of that and go, wow, yeah, I get it. Good. Okay, cool. I don't sit there and go, oh, wow, Megan is so clever. She used my language. I don't know and I don't care. All I know is that when I'm reading that email, 
or listening to you do a presentation, it's in my language. It's in the way I learn. So I get it quicker. I can execute faster. I can do all the things you want me to do. And that's not just for me as a work colleague, but that's, you can use it with your teenagers. You can use it with your kids. You can use it with your husband, partner, wife, whoever it is in your life, you start speaking in their language. Game changer. So how, so I love the thought of this um, and probably the actuality because I think about the different communication styles and just the different where typically folks would have to adjust with folks at work, you know, and, and at home, you know, I shouldn't limit that because I do think I communicate probably a different way to my 15 year old, which we probably can't repeat on this podcast. Frankly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> current times currently uh, uh, versus, you know, a coworker or a peer of mine who might be an introvert that, you know, is not used to any type of, I mean, I'll use the words aggressive language. That's not doing what you're saying justice, but I think you know what I mean, where it's, you know, I might dial it back a little bit uh, versus if I get somebody like me, which we could probably just, you know, rally each other up for the rest of the day. Uh, but how do you learn to do that so adeptly to be able to kind of pivot back and forth with making it second nature? Because yeah. I think a lot of folks would think, well, that sounds like a lot of work. Because that's, that's like more. Yeah, it is. Because, you know, the, the bottom line is you've, you've communicated in your way, in your language, your whole life. Okay. That's how we do it. That's how we get through the day and our 24 hours a day. That's how we're communicating. So to change anything is a bit of effort, right? It's a lot of effort because we're thinking now before we press send. We're thinking now before we go in with that PowerPoint presentation. We're thinking before we write that report. We're thinking before we do everything in going, okay, just put that half a second in there to go, okay, can I say this a different way? And I've given uh, people a whole lot of tools because I know it's hard, right? Changing anything is really hard. I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm certainly across that rewiring neurons is not easy in the brain people go oh yeah let's do this you know learning is fun it's like no it's really hard work for your brain to <laughs> right, let's just get to the facts it, it's like this whole mystery whoever came up with that you know training should be fun it's like no it's really hard work because I'm learning and changing my behavior so let's just call it what it is so changing your behavior to change that language is really hard work but here's the key what you can do is in the beginning as you're starting this, you don't have to spot what language people are saying, what their archetype is. What you do is you communicate to all 12 at once. And I've given you a tool in Unlocking a Genius. I created a tool called the Communication Canvas. And basically it's a blueprint to say, if you want to communicate anything, be it written, spoken, presenting, whatever it is, then follow this blueprint. And there's four parts to the blueprint. And if you just put something in each part, then you'll pick up and hook in all 12 archetypes. So instead of just blasting out an email, go, okay, stop. I'm going to just go back to my communication canvas. And I've got in each part words to include. So just to hook people in. And when you start to do that, and that's what all these trainers have been doing that we've been training for the last 30 years, I've just put it into a different tool. 
when you start to do that, then people know, regardless of who shows up to your communication, are hooked in. So you only have to learn one thing because learning the next part of actually, oh, I'm talking to Catherine, what's her archetype? And I'll just talk in her language. That's kind of like the advanced class, you know, because you've got to spot that. You've got to, <laughs> you've got to listen to my language and go, oh, she could be this, she could be that. But it, forget it. In the first stages, let's do something easy in the first stages. Just follow the blueprint. Simple. You make it sound simple. And so I, I'm going to say, because we're almost coming up on time. So I'm trying to think of what we can leave folks with. And because all of Catherine's information is going to be in the show notes, everything. Mm -hmm. um, and how you can access her book, how you can access her website, how you can understand more about unlocking genius. But I want to, what would you leave folks with? So if there's, there's two types of people listening, one type of person is out there running or developing or creating or responsible for learning in their organization and if you if you want to have a coffee with me go onto my LinkedIn send me a message and say hey Catherine I need to have a coffee with you that's fine I'll show up right I'm in the mother Teresa phase of my career if there's a coffee <laughs> virtual or not I'm showing up right so and I'll just give it away like my knowledge right now is I'm in the give it away phase of my career so just <laughs> invite me for a coffee send me a zoom link and I'll be there that's number one Number two is if you are not that person in corporate learning and development and you just want to get better, you want to be a better you, then the first thing that you can do is go to innergeniusnow.com and do your inner genius profile. That will be in two parts. One, you'll find out how you actually learn, which is a breakthrough for people because then when people are absorbing information, they go, oh, I have to do it my way now. I'm really cool. So that will make you a better you. And the second thing is then once you've found that out in your profile, there's a tool there that you get called the communication canvas. That's the tool I'm talking about. I give that to you as part of your profile. Start using it. And then we have a customer service team. If you get stuck, there is support everywhere for you. If you want us to have a look at something that you've done, a presentation, send me your presentation and I'll tell you how to sharpen it up. You know, like Mother Teresa. So literally like Mother Teresa. Send it to me. I'm here <laughs> in Australia. What else have I got to do, right? Send it to me. That's what I'm here to do. And I will help you to navigate your way through I the the mission for me here is not some egocentric thing the mission for me is to help people to be better because I see people change I see people grow I see people become a better version of themselves that's what fuels me so if I can help someone who's listening to your podcast do that it doesn't matter if this is your first job or you're, if you've been in, in work for 30, 40 years, if you want to be a better you, then I'm happy to help. If I can help, I'm happy to help. So I love the phrasing Mother Teresa phase. I want to get there. I do, <laughs> one. I but two, can I, what is the, what is the suggested ages for this? Like you made me just think where I was like, oh, yeah, so well, I'd love to have younger folks be able to understand. Yeah, for Unlocking a Genius, it's any, I, I think it would be from 14 up, we say, because you need to be able to, um, A, do the profile, so you need to be able to do that, 
and the questions are sophisticated and you need to think through those so you know a, a six seven year old won't be able to do that we're looking at doing a different version for kids but from 14 up and the key parts for for teenagers is really in those transition years going into secondary school is a transition and going into college is a transition in those transition times that's really big red flags and we've talked to a lot of parents and parents are all over this right they they just want this success for their kids because if the kids can kids teenagers are not kids right but if teenagers can know how to learn faster better quicker and retain more that gives them the edge and if they know that and they do with unlocking their inner genius through that profile that gives them the edge and that will help them to learn but as they're going through those transition years they're really important phases for them well I can't thank you enough because I'm going to do it and then I'm going to make sure that my son does it <laughs> and so let's see what we can do with that part but you have been a pleasure to have on the show and hopefully you know in the future we will have a repeat visit um, and not just because you're from Australia, but just because everything you said, I don't care what anybody says listening, we've all sat through a training and thought <laughs> this is not going to work. And, and like you said, I would much rather they send us shopping. <laughs> yeah, and a, and a dull old boring PowerPoint, death by PowerPoint presentation. You know, we've all been there. We've all had that email that you go, seriously, I have to read this? You know, <laughs> let's just get over ourselves. Let's just do something different. You have been a breath of learning fresh air. So thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. It is Catherine Matiski, like whiskey, and her information and everything will be in the show notes and the episode summary. And if you have questions that you want to send to me, I oftentimes get a lot of questions directly to my email. I can send them to Catherine as well. But thank you for so much for being on the show. You're very welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode of HR Liftoff. At Integrity, we believe opportunity is everything. We take an associate-first approach because when our associates succeed, our clients succeed. Whatever you need, we're ready to support. We partner with clients large and small to deliver custom staffing solutions that provide the cost, service, and scalability efficiencies you need to stay competitive. Learn more at integritystaffing.com.